The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm just fine. Um, we've had, wow, what a week we've had with storms and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, did you have any trees come down? Well, I'm knocking on wood, the top of my head. Um, oh, the, good. There, there is a small branch that fell in my back from my maple tree, um, my back mm-hmm. yard. Um, but that was what that was so thank god but i know there was a lot of stuff happening all around us that was a wild i i happened to be in a store i didn't even look at usually i can see the what the the you know i I'm look in the sky and i could see the clouds i was in a store so i didn't see that happening and oh mm-hmm. my god when it opened up it was blowing everywhere you couldn't see it was scary it was so was that which night? Was that Tuesday? That or was Wednesday the day. Night? That was um, that was I guess that was the. I don't know if it Tuesday. It was the Tuesday yeah. storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we had some more stuff going on um, at the lake this, for this week, and we had a really um, a very light kind of expectation of just a thunderstorm. You know, a typical thunderstorm blow through and that would be the end of it. But we had, it it turned into one of the worst storms I've ever experienced up here. It actually, uh, we watched trees falling (gasps) and, and, and cutting, we had, it went right down on a transformer at the bottom of the hill. The transformer was on fire. (gasps) and, And yeah. And we lost power. And it didn't come back on. Of, that was about 5 o'clock, 5.30, somewhere in there. It didn't come back on until midnight. Oh, and wow. And we watched them and listened to them with the buzz saws down there, trying to get something back in shape. And we then found out that, I don't know if it was it kind of like a domino effect, where this tree that fell behind us hit another tree, that fell across Route 507 and brought down, I don't know how many wires, just dangerously hanging there. And that's what they had to get rid of before they could get the service back again. Yeah. So it was really very Now, scary. which night was and this? Which night? Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Tuesday. yeah. That was the, when it was wicked here. It was uh, yeah. Wednesday, I don't think there were that much happened, but the Tuesday was, no. that was tough. Yeah, wow. That that's really that's bad. too bad because I know Doug Smith was telling me his daughter, um, she lives up outside of Hamlin and mm-hmm. she has, she didn't have power for hours and hours. I think through the night, I think they, yeah. it, cause he, cause he said my daughter's power just came back on. So I'm like, Oh my God. That, I mean, that's when you really, those generators are really, really, really helpful. Oh, that's when you really because, wish you had one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're worth it. They're worth well, it. Well, the thing that was so strange about it is, you know, you don't think about this in that context, but 
yes, we, we lost power. And okay, so, you know, you start to see a lot of the things that you can't do or you take for granted, like walking right. into a room and turning on the switch and saying, yeah. um, duh, mm -hmm. you can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, we, you know, I had a, a candle in our bathroom. So we're, you know, brushing our teeth by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> How romantic you are. Yeah. It was wonderful. But it's just, and then my, my niece and my sister were here with uh, Shirley Rose, and they they had to give her a bath. So she had a bath in, in our bathtub with the candlelight. And it's just <gasps> funny because she, she just didn't quite understand all this. Well, of course but, not. Now, how old is she so, now, Lynn? She's eight months. <gasps> oh, God, I love yeah. that age. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. so, is she uh, a chunk along at all? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, I love it. Just, she's just Squeezer. beautiful. She's a gorgeous, gorgeous child. So, uh -huh. anyway, it was just fun to watch her reactions to all this kind of stuff because it was a whole new experience for her. But what I what yeah. I was saying before, what you don't realize is it's not just the fact that you lose the light or the ability to turn on the stove or open the refrigerator, which we we were really good about. Nobody opened right. the refrigerator or the freezer. Right. Yeah. But um, it was the heat and the humidity because yeah, you because have no air, air conditioning. Yes, and it and yeah. that creeps up very when you shut your air down even though the house is 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 like the air is trapped in the house the cold air that dissipates very very quickly in a heat when it's hot and humid outside. It just goes. I know. So bad. Yep. But I but know. then the fun part was okay, what do we do about dinner? Because we had Pizza. planned. <laughs> no, because they couldn't even do that. They couldn't. The ovens wouldn't oh, cook. Yeah, true. That's true too. We went all around Chips. the area Chips. of the lake, <laughs> and we went to. Uh, yeah, those are good. Chips. We went to. We finally ended up getting in line with fifteen cars at the McDonald's in Hamlin. That's the only place that was open. Wow. <laughs> we went to all the restaurants and they all would say, yeah, you can come in, but uh, the kitchen is backed up an hour and a half. Yep. Uh, okay. And then some of them had posted uh, signs on their doors. Sorry, we're closed. Yeah. Uh, and you, But you don't know this and you, you just keep driving around and driving around. And that was the only place we could figure out. And so um, we we were very successful in not opening the refrigerator or the freezer uh, at all during the time period. So nothing was spoiled. Um, the ice cream looked a little melted, but you know, with this family, we figured it's out a way a to minute. work yeah. around. Yes, mm -hmm. we basically had to it up eat with it. A straw. Yeah, <laughs> milkshake. Well, you know what? Um, uh, the thing is. Lynn, it is true. What happens when things like that go on? You, the way that you, when you realize how many things we are fortunate to have and how lucky we are to be in this, to mm -hmm. be, because think about people a million years ago when they didn't have that and had to work and operate like that with can yeah. by candlelight and all those 
you know, we just, we as a, as humans just don't want to be inconvenienced. <laughs> and that's a big inconvenience, that's for sure. you know? So that's what yeah. happens. Oh boy, oh boy. It was rough. But then we've had wow. uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow. Uh, it's just all this, uh, all this humidity. I guess it's supposed to break up after Hurricane Elsa departs. Uh, but boy, yeah. that's a hundred percent humidity is really tough to take yeah, it is. if you're in the Northeast. If you're I if know. you live in Florida, Georgia, what you're used to it, but I'm not. Yeah, and I. That's like it. one of the reasons why I don't want to ever be living down there. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm. So I I'm hope telling you, I have a people. I have a state in mind. It's called Delaware. Remember? Oh, I know. I know. That's it. Sean Sean tells everybody, uh, he said, yeah, well, now she's, her new thing is Delaware. I said, it's been (laughs) not my new thing. It's been going on in my mind for two years when my first trip, well, I went when I was a young, young person in my 20s, but as an adult, when Mary Jean and Steve and I went to, or Steve Meyer and I went three years. Two yeah. years ago, I'm in love with the whole. I love it. I love, love, love Delaware. I have people. I told you, people who have moved there, they love it. And Sean's like, "Yeah, I'll believe it when I see you're moving out of here," because you know that's his. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'll, yeah, right, okay, mom, I'll believe it." Uh, but yeah. I love it there. So, um, and that's again the beauty of these places. And I said, I said to someone the other day, I don't, I never, I don't care about the cold. Because I don't like it freezing either. I don't like extreme weather. But the point is, it's always easier to get warm than it is to get mm-hmm. cool. I feel the same way. No. I've always yeah. felt like that. Yeah, I like I a just, little uh, bit of coolness. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. the clothes. I It's just everything about it. <laughs> Although, you know, like I said, this part, it's so beautiful. To I'm out taping the show, sitting on my deck, listening to the birds. My waterfall is going. It's under my awning, it's it's beautiful. It's it's warm, but it's so nice just to be out here. So yeah, we got to be grateful, I guess. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's that it's being appreciating what it is that you really have and knowing that other people. That's the nice part about living in this country, especially if you're someone who loves the heat. There's a place for you. If right. you're somebody who loves the wide open spaces and not being next to people, there's places like that for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if you want to be living on an island like Hawaii, there's that. There's oh, all kinds of places incredible. like Alaska. Oh. So, well, listen, I went to Hawaii, Lynn, when I was a young kid. I was 11. And we were there yeah. from June 29, 1972 to July 29th, 1972. We were there one month exactly. And you know what? I mean, I was a kid, but I don't remember the, I don't remember feeling the humidity. It was because we were right on my aunt and uncle. My uncle was in the Air Force. So we we were on Hickam Air Force Base and we Mm -hmm. went everywhere. And then we went over to Bellows Beach, which is a private um, beach for um, uh, Air Force people. And we rented a place there for the week. And I don't remember being, feeling, like it was hot, but it wasn't humid. It didn't feel humid mm-hmm. anyway. It, so I think that's one of those states that it, that doesn't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem 
no matter where I've gone where it's hot, hot, it just doesn't seem to be. It, we, it seems like the Northeast gets really, really humid, and that's the stuff that really gets to you. It's the sweating. Yeah. So yeah, what are then, you going to do? You know, we can't complain. Your, your favorite paper boy is in Florida because he lo- loves it. Kind of weather. I know. Oh, and God. That's great. But that's why I'm saying I think it's fine. But every single place I you, you talk about, there's always some place or something that is a detriment to being there. It's the, the downside. But I think mm-hmm. to me, like, all right, hurricanes, you know, earthquakes. Yeah. They had a big earthquake in California this past week. And it's just there always seems to be something. But I don't know yeah. really what it is about this area that we live that I could say is bad. Maybe yeah. snowstorms, but it's not, as, it's not as bad as it is in New England. Um, I just think it's a great spot. You get it everything is. here. Yeah, we do, and that's that's the beauty of it. Well, yeah. on that note, I think we're going to take a quick break. Okay. So and, we will be right and, back. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn Show. All right. Hold on. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399. Or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over Northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. 
It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Well, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am financial planner and uh, managed director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and several other places. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. Mm. And Lynn, can you hear the birds in the background? No, I can't. Okay, good. All right. Oh, yeah, oh. I can. There you go. I was <laughs> going to say, you probably heard that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't go out on our porch, but I could do that. Uh, and we saw three deer this morning out in the back. Ah. That's just so sweet. Anyway, oh, okay. No. So today I want to talk about something that I thought would be a lot of fun. Um, it's an interesting point of view. And I don't know that. Uh, my friend Joan and I had a conversation about this last night when I told her what I was going to talk about. She disagreed with some of this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway and see what you think. And okay. this is, uh, it's called um, How to Spot a Fake Retirement, F-A-K-E. And it was written by a man named Robert Laura, L-A-U-R-A. And he says... We're all familiar with the art of faking, whether it's fake news, counterfeit money, faking a sick day at work, or a fake apology. The term fake it until you make it has also become a fun cliche. But can people fake retirement? Yes. There are two types of retirement fakes I see. One is the recently retired person lying about how things are going. The other is someone who inches closer to retirement but keeps changing the date. In the first case, when you ask someone, how's retirement going? They're quick to respond, it's going great. I'm busier than ever. In fact, I have no idea how I even worked before. That sounds great on the surface, but it's often a smokescreen. What they really mean is, I'm doing a bunch of meaningless stuff that keeps me occupied because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> now, now, now that is something that Joan and I were talking about last night. And it's interesting that Joan, Joan's been retired what, 15 years or something. Wow. Um, yeah. But uh, she had the option to, uh, he bought out early. Yeah. early out from the Bethlehem School District. And School District. I think that's yep. who it was. And she took it. And she's been very much engaged in a lot of things and loves what she's doing, loves her life. Right. And we talked about this, uh, the issue of having, um, having really something to do that makes you feel like it, it's contributing something to society or a haughty type of goal, you know. Yeah, and she said, "I I don't know that I I do that, and and I'm pretty happy." <laughs> I said, "Okay." So, 
this guy who wrote the article went on to say, it sounds great on the surface, but it's often a smokescreen. And we just did that. Yeah, what it really means to say is I'm doing a bunch of meaningless stuff that keeps me occupied because I don't know what else to do. He said, I'm a very curious person, and I like understanding what makes people tick. So when people tell me they're doing great in retirement, I want to know the secret sauce. What exactly are they doing and enjoying so much? So I finally started asking, what are all the things you're doing to keep you busy? And that's when I heard a lot of dodges, starting with, well, you know, uh, chores around the house, the grandkids, and golf league. But then I did the math. That's like three to four hours a day, maybe three to four days a week which isn't exactly the definition of being busier than ever. Before getting into financial services, this guy, the author, spent about a decade as a social worker, facilitating everything from casework to individual group and family therapy. One of the things I was, he, I was taught to do was to chart body language. Every time we met, with a client, did a group presentation, or held family therapy, we had to chart an assessment for each situation. That training starts to kick in when I'm asking people uncomfortable questions and they obviously aren't being candid. When I'm talking to people about how busy they are in retirement, for example, they might be sitting back in their chairs instead of leaning forward to show engagement. They might provide very little detail and hide behind broad-based generalizations of what we are trained to think will be part of our retirement life. The reality is that retired clients can't really say that things aren't going well because others would think they're crazy. The conventional wisdom is that retirement is awesome. It's the ideal phase of life that everyone works and saves so hard to get to. And on mm -hmm. the surface, it doesn't sound appealing to say you have enough money to no longer work and that you have all the time to do whatever you want. It does sound appealing to say that. But money and time alone can't replace a person's work identity, can't fill a person's time, keep someone mentally and physically active, or help people feel relevant and connected. Nevertheless, clients have been trained to believe that having the right amount of money and hitting a magic age is the starting point for everything to fall into place. So when people say, I love retirement, I wish I would have done it before, and I'm busier than ever, we don't really dig any deeper. We take it at face value and move on. We simply reply, so glad to hear. He said it's one reason he stopped asking people how is retirement going and instead prompted them, prompted them to tell me, him something else. Tell me about retirement so far. What do you like? What do you miss about work? What have you learned the hard way? And what would you do differently? These questions give clients permission to share more than a cliche. The yeah. door is open for a more honest and fruitful answer. So then there's the moving well, target. That's it. What, you going to say something? 
I was just, it, 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 that is true. I mean, he's absolutely right about that. Um, yeah. Not, not, not that he's wrong about what he said that people are doing. I think there's people who do do that because they think if they say they aren't, people will think they're nuts. How can you not be enjoying this when you're no longer working and you have enough money to do what you want to do and you don't have to go to get up every day and you don't have to do those. They will think that because most people are programmed to believe that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah, exactly. So he's right about asking some other questions about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you go in the back door, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Because, the psychology of this is that, you know, as we've talked about before, we were never, as, as human beings, we were never intended to live, let's just say, as long as we are living. Right. But right. more so, no more than three to four years after 65. Because that was it. You were Dear done. God. Because most of us, at that time that we created the Social Security system, were people that most of us were people that worked in the labor force, physically doing things. We were working in manufacturing companies. We were working outside in construction jobs. We were doing manual labor. And so our bodies, by the time we got to 65, were saying, uh, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. But now there are so many more of us that are on the other side of that who are doing a lot of consulting work, work behind a desk, work with our head, that we don't have that same sense of physical strain that we want to get away from. So Mm -hmm. when we still still adhere to that and say, okay, we're going to retire, it's going to be wonderful, we don't have anything to fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. We, We don't have anything to fill in that work family who were so close to us for so many years or, or just the, the identity we got from that. I'm a senior engineer. Well, all of a sudden you're not that anymore. So people are having a really hard time trying to fill in the blanks and, and the idea of saying, I'm going to retire because I did the right thing. I saved the money and I now have the ability to retire. We're not dealing with the other part of it, the psychological part. And as we say so often, we have so many baby boomers who are experiencing this, right? With the Mm -hmm. wanting to do it and they're out there. Those born between 1946 and 1964. And there's how many of us around? (laughs) And we're all, it's all happening. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and no one wants to give it up, Lynn. They don't. In many ways, people, that we've lost ourselves in our generation in, in what we do for a living. Don't you think in many ways? Yes. Yes. But that used to be Which men. Which is a good thing, but. Yeah, no, but I it like it. used to be it. men. I mean, I, now it's men and women. And because women. Of the right. way we are. Right. And so it's not easy just, uh, for the thing was that for most women, they just continued to do what they did in their lives. There was mm-hmm. no stopping point when they were homemakers or part-time this or part-time that. It was when their husbands retired. That's when their lives changed dramatically because he was the one that had the identity of something outside the home. Most Mm -hmm. women didn't. So that's that's the last generation. But for us, it's a very different story. 
And Lynn, so that it brings, really, really did a change what? because then they were under your thumb all the time. Oh, <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah, so what, what did you say? I'm sorry, I cut you off. On that. Uh, well, I, I was just going to say that I'd like to get into the second piece of it, that second part. Okay, of, you know, the people back. who fake it, yeah, or or okay. the people who keep being the moving target. They keep pushing yep. it ahead. So I think that we can talk about that when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitch and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC certified public accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and non-profit organizations. Call Barbetti McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office and you too can make a change for the better. Business banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to the Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity, my checking account, uh, my payroll taxes. They take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity. Don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the financial planner and managing director of Women of Substance, LLC, 
That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and several others. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we're going to continue with what we were talking about earlier. Lynn, this is the next segment. I'm a little, and I want to know what he says about these people who do. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Putting it off. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. That's a good way to put it, putting it off. Yeah, the, the article we're referring to here, we started talking about, is how to spot a fake retirement by Robert Laura, L-A-U-R-A. And he mentioned that there are two types of faking when it comes to retirement. One is that uh, the recently retired person lies about how things are going. And uh, the other is someone who inches closer to retirement and uh, keeps pushing that date ahead, doesn't quite make the commitment. So that's where we're going to go now. We call it the moving target. And he says the other major retirement fake is the person who treats his or her retirement date like a moving target and says, on more than one occasion, I'm finally ready to retire. It sounds like the alcoholic who says, I'm finally ready to quit. Some people can use work to avoid change and be so stuck in their current lifestyle that they can't see the benefits of a different way of life. He says he's a major proponent of people working as long as they like, but the person who avoids retirement might be doing it for a couple of bad reasons. One problem is that they're unable to strike the right balance in juggling work, family, and friends, health, and leisure. And sometimes they put off retirement because they just don't know what else to do. These are people who've probably been working since they were 10, whether it was a paper route, babysitting or something else, they've been working so long they don't know anything else. That's why this group is likely to relapse back into some form of work. Studies suggest that about 40 to 60% of those with alcohol or drug problems relapse within 30 days of leaving an inpatient drug and alcohol treatment center and up to 85% relapse within the first year. So for similar reasons, I think, you see increases in the number of people who plan to work at least part-time in retirement. What I found is that this group needs additional support in figuring out what life after work can actually look and feel like, just as rehab gives people a sense of what life can be like when they are sober An extended time away from work can give people a different view of how they might spend their days. By helping clients develop an actual plan to replace their work identity, by taking on volunteer work perhaps, or by filling their time with lost hobbies or passions, you can help them overcome their fear of being bored or out of sorts in retirement. So he calls this trench science. Clients who fake various aspects of retirement often do so because they don't know what else to do. They aren't hurting anyone or profiting from it, but they're wrapped up in a vicious cycle of negative social stigmas that they don't know how to break through, so they fake it. 
This isn't an ep- is not an epidemic. It's not something we can study like we would the number of people every year who take sick days when they're feeling fine. I think of this more as a trench science based on what I have seen day-to-day client meetings, conference presentations, and other things over the last 22 years. In many client meetings, I would have loved to write down what I felt was really happening. Something like, quote, client was avoiding the conversation, refused to be specific, showed no remorse, and was pretty much blatantly lying the entire time, end quote. But you can't do that. So instead I wrote things like, quote, science sat stiffly in the back of the chair, crossed their arms, avoided consistent eye contact, frequently changed the direction of the conversation to incorporate new things and ideas that didn't appear to correlate with the previous factors and stated several times that it wasn't his or her fault, end quote. The description of the body language in the latter case still tells you what's going on. I think we can all apply common sense and look for clues in what clients are really saying and doing about retirement and use it to spot clients who may be struggling with their transition and not know what to do with it. He says, after all, people don't fake being depressed. They fake being fine. That is a really good distinction. You got it. Wow. And that's an important starting point because just being fine or okay isn't what people want out of retirement. They want more and often need help to achieve that. Interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. It it, it truly is. Um, But I, I mean, do you think about retirement or do you never even think about it? No, I do. I do. And it's funny that I think about it, but the first thought that comes to my mind is the guilt. That's all I can say is guilt. My, okay. my feeling is that so many of these clients that I now have in women of substance, as opposed to the other business that I sold years ago, is that these people were truly chosen to to be in this group of people because they are both friends and clients. Mm-hmm. And I've probably had them as clients for more than 20 years. And so the guilt is, what what would I do with them? I, I could leave, but what, but what do I do to take care of them? And it's, a, it's yeah. an obligation that I think people in the field where you do things for other people, you know, whatever you want to call that generically. But people who are in the professions, I guess, or something like that, it's really hard to disengage emotionally from the way you've been with people who have been such an important part of your life. Uh And I I don't know. I I just, I, I feel that that's the hardest part. If I had someone who was uh, a woman in maybe her 50s uh, who would say, oh, I'd love to join you and I'd be happy to take over the responsibility to get to know your clients. And I would say, fine, that, that would give me my ticket to walk away. 
Mm-hmm. But I just don't feel like I have that anywhere. I've been looking for years to try to find a woman who's, you know, probably, like I said, late 40s, early 50s, who wasn't tied or committed to some one of the big, what we call wirehouses, like Merrill Lynch or, you know, Morgan Stanley or one of those, where they really can't get away. They are pretty much people who are employees of the firm and they've got all kinds of restrictions and handcuffs on them if they ever decide to leave. But I don't want to take these clients into that environment because what I have seen and I know is that so many times they set such high levels of performance from the people who are their, um, they would probably call them financial consultants that many yeah. people don't make it. And if they don't make it after a couple of years and I've got my clients with that person, what happens is if she leaves, they just disperse the clients to anybody else in the system. I know. And that I know. That's not responsible either. So, yeah. I need somebody who would like to come and join me in my firm as an independent financial advisor. So I'm saying that out there to anybody who's listening who might know somebody, that would be a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And we need to say, too, that we have our email program back up and running. So if you want to talk to us about anything, get more information about anything we've talked about, it's Lynn, L-Y-N-N, at thelaurieandlynnshow.com or Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at the laurieandlynnshow.com mm-hmm. so talk to us tell us what's going on well you know what what Lynn it is very difficult because so many of the women that I know who do what you do are in those bigger um, yes, financial companies and you know and again there's not there were never a lot of women in that business. There's much more now, but right. nowhere near where there should yeah. be. Um, but it's a, it is, it's, it's a wonderful career. And um, so I hope there's somebody out there who knows someone who may be interested in doing that and talking to you because it's important to, to uh, have these discussions with people. And not often do you hear someone saying that, you know, they want to talk, they they would love to, talk to you about it because it's it's not something that's always there i told you no, a long time ago what you i told you that i actually that was something i wanted to do a million years ago yeah. and almost did twice and didn't and didn't do it but it it's um it's it's a great thing it's a great career and it's it's wonderful to know and understand all of the things that go into financial planning. It's amazing. Yes. And, and I think the other important point at this particular moment in time in this industry is that more and more people are leaving the big wirehouses and taking with them multiple millions and billions of dollars and starting their own firms with the mm-hmm. help of other um, entities like Schwab, like Fidelity, like all these independent broker dealers that are more than happy to 
to help people become so-called independent. So, I mean, I'm involved in the same type of thing. TD Ameritrade as a company was purchased by Schwab a year ago. And probably by the end of the year, TD Ameritrade will no longer exist. It will be absorbed into Schwab. And Schwab and Fidelity and all these other companies have such outstanding programs to help people um, leave the big wirehouses and become independent. So Mm -hmm. that's not an issue anymore. It used to be a real um, difficult thing to try to do. But it's just the way I think the business is going. And I think within 20 years, you won't see these big wirehouses anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's a statement in and of itself. It is. It is. But you, I've been seeing it happen. I mean, when you, when you talk about firms that manage $3 billion of assets <laughs> for wow. people. Wow. And they leave and they go to these smaller a lot of boutique firms are popping up everywhere all over the country mm-hmm. and they're, they're giving them the world, everything they'd ever asked for, including the opportunity to dictate how much money they keep of what they earn. Right. When you're right. with the wire houses, you're told how much you're going to be able to make. Mm-hmm. I get it. Amazing. So there's a whole new world coming here, and that's why I'm saying I would love to find a woman who's ready to leave but doesn't know how to do it and would be interested in working in a small firm uh, with the backing of something like Charles Schwab. There you go. So hopefully you're out there, girl. Call. There you go. Well, on that note, too, we're going to take our our leave here and... um, we will be on um, next week. We'll have our two guest experts, one of our mm-hmm. wonderful experts. Mike McHale is vacationing this week, so we will uh, we will see him next week, and uh, we'll see you next week. And thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Please be nice. Bye. Bye. Bye.